Hi everybody, Mike Wardrock from Encounter Church here, and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you could have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our teaching team. Jenny, by the way, if I haven't met you before, <laughs> it's awesome to uh, be in the room with you. If I haven't met you, I'd love to meet you over a coffee. One of the things I love about this church is we have coffee beforehand so we can get to know you and after it. And if you're online, please say hello to Alex. She would love to get to know uh, who you are as well. And I encourage you online church to press in and to really listen because the Holy Spirit absolutely speaks to you in your home. And so if you get a word, if you get a prophecy, perhaps it's you that um, I was talking about. Feed it back to Alex, let us know, we would love to hear it. One of the things I know about uh, spiritual gifts in general is that people sometimes fear spiritual gifts. As soon as you talk about the fact that you're gonna talk about spiritual gifts, some people are like, well, nope, I'm out. Uh, and I get that, I understand that. But one of the things I love about this church is that we're not afraid to talk about some of the things that you might be afraid of. And what we hope is that as we bring light to some of these spiritual gifts, you'll be less afraid of them and more able to be open to what the Spirit might wanna be saying and doing through you. So that is my, my real prayer today, is that you will not be fearful of the gifts of the Spirit, but you'll start to walk in them. And last week, Mike preached about a hot one on it when he preached about the gift of tongues. And so, you know, I feel like I've got a little bit of an easier job. Um, and so, I just wanna say a prophecy, firstly, is a spoken message inspired by God, which reveals the will of God and encourages and benefits the hearer. It's a spoken message, it's inspired by God, and it encourages and benefits the hearer. So the first thing I wanna say is prophecy is an encouragement. Whether it comes across to you like that in the moment or not, that's what it's made for. It's made for building up the church. One of the first experiences I had of, or the second experience I ever had probably of prophecy Uh, was that I remember anyway, when I was about 15. And some of you might have heard this story before, but um, Brant Jones came up to me at a youth camp and he said, Jen, I see leadership on your life. And I, I, I I, I believe God's saying that you need to step into that leadership and that's gonna affect the rest of your life. Now, that was a real encouragement to me as a 15 year old. And what Brant didn't know is that a couple of years before that, I was at home in my bedroom and I was listening to a cassette tape Yes, I am that old. It was just one side, not both sides, yeah. <laughs> one I hadn't recorded over with. I was listening to it, anyway, I was listening to it. And, um, and I really clearly heard the Lord say, you are going to be called into ministry, right? And at the time, at the age of about 11, when I heard that, I was like, no, I don't want that. My dad was in ministry. I've got to be honest, didn't see it as a huge, um, great thing that I wanted to step into. So I was a bit afraid of that. And when Brant came and he gave me that encouragement, what it did is it started to build a fire within me, started to build a passion within me for the things of the Lord that the Lord might have for me. Now, one of the things you will hear a lot is that some people, there's a gift of knowledge and there's a gift of prophecy. And that a lot of the time they do actually go hand in hand, but they are different gifts. And in that moment, Brant was giving me a prophecy, not a word of knowledge. Had Brant come up to me and said, Jen, when that person on the audio tape that you listen to, 
that was spot on. You need, to, you need to do what they said. That would have been a word of knowledge. And that would have blown my socks off, right? The fact that he would know that. Two years before, I'd never shared it with, any, well, with hardly anyone. But he didn't do that. Had he done that, that would actually not have been encouraging to me because I didn't want to be a pastor. I didn't want to be a preacher. I still don't want to be a preacher sometimes. <laughs> and it wouldn't have been encouraging, but the prophecy was encouraging. So some, and it's not that words of knowledge aren't encouraging, they absolutely are, but God knows what we need. And prophecy is a vital and important part of our work as, as believers. I actually think prophecy is one of the most important spiritual gifts. Paul talks about spiritual gifts four times in the New Testament. And every single time he talks about it, he talks about the gift of prophecy. It's the only spiritual gift that he talks about in every single one. And that's extraordinary and important. And I think we need a grasp that actually, for the church to be who the church is actually called to be, we need the gift of prophecy with among us. So tonight I want to explain prophecy and I want to teach you about why you actually need this in your life and how you can, uh, outworking of it. So sometimes you will hear people talking when they talk about prophecy, about foretelling and forthtelling. Foretelling and forthtelling. Now foretelling is probably the more unique and exceptional of the two, I guess, um, because essentially uh, it's, a it's a type of a gift uh, where you are essentially, God will give you a word and you will speak over someone into what is about to happen in their life. So it, you're actually telling something that hasn't happened that will happen in the future. And that's actually quite scary, but a really important part of prophecy, especially important within the Old Testament. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, and then there is forthtelling. So forthtelling reminds us of what Jesus has already done for us and the hope we can have in him for tomorrow. It reminds us that Jesus is God and we are not. Prophecy is all about pointing towards Jesus and encouraging people in Jesus. A prophecy is an encouraging message for, from God for us to share. And it might have elements of foretelling, absolutely, but it doesn't have to. But prophecy should always have some form of revelation. So it reveals things that otherwise would be hidden to someone. Paul uses the word prophecy and revelation almost interchangeably when he talks about it. So it might not be that it's you're telling them what there's gonna happen into the future, but there is some form of revelation. If there's no form of revelation, then you already know it and it's probably not a word, not necessarily a prophecy. It might be an encouragement, which is great. Encouragement's important, but it might not be a prophecy. I always find it interesting that in most of the prophecies that I've been given or that I have given are just a part of someone's puzzle. It's unlikely that someone's going to sit you down and go, God has told me that you're going to do da da I mean, if that happens, awesome. But I don't think it happens most of the time because what do you do when you know exactly where you've got to go to make something happen? You make it happen, don't you? In your own strength not in God's, and prophecy is God saying, this is what I'm gonna do in your life. And so if it is a bit of a puzzle, that's okay. That's very, very normal. Um, what it's not though, let me tell you what prophecy is not. It does not add to the scriptures. The scriptures are closed, they are done. We do not add to the scriptures. Absolutely, we use scriptures within prophecy, but we don't add to them, it's closed. It's called the canon of scripture, it's been done. It also does not contradict scripture. So if anyone tells you anything that contradicts scripture, that is not a prophecy from God, all right? 
It will not contradict scripture. Actually, in Deuteronomy 13, one to three, it says, suppose there are prophets among you, those who dream dreams about the future, and they promise you signs or miracles and, predicts, and the predicted signs or miracles occur. If they then say, come and let us worship other gods, gods you have not known before, do not listen to them. All right, so be careful of false prophets. All right, be careful of those people that might prophesy something that actually goes against the scripture. Because God says, do not worship any other God but me. So if someone says to you, go and worship this God over here, that's not, that's not from the Lord. Yeah. And it's also not telling you something you already know about somebody. It's something that is revealed to you by God for somebody else. And it's not just general encouragement either, although that's really great. Please encourage each other. Let me give you a bit of an example. She's not here today, so I'm going to use her as an example. I would have anyway whether she was here. Uh, but let's talk about Emma. If you don't know Emma, Emma's our kids' coordinator. She's wonderful. We love her. If I went up to Emma and I said, I'm going to, Peter, I'm going to pretend you're Emma. Emma, I just think that you are really skilled with kids and that you should really use that in your ministry and in your work. That would be really encouraging to Emma. But it's not a prophecy. Emma already is my kids' coordinator. She's brilliant with my kids. She's been looking after them since they were babies. <laughs> I know those things. It's not a new revelation. It's encouraging to her, sure. You can absolutely share that, but it's not necessarily a prophecy. But let's say someone walks into this building, never met Emma before, and they walk up to her and they say, Emma, you are gifted with children. I believe God's called you to use that in your career and in your ministry going forward. That not only would be an encouragement to Emma, but it would be a prophecy about what is needed in her future. Do you start to see the difference? They're both great and they're important, but the prophecy is what will encourage her to continue to live out what God has placed on her life. Let's say she was thinking, oh, I don't want to be the kids' court. I don't think she is, Peter, it's fine. <laughs> but let's say she is thinking that, what this would have done, but me, me saying she's great at it, that would have been like, yeah, Jen, I get it, but you know. But someone else saying who's never, ever met her before, that would be a confirmation that actually where she is called, she needs to stay. Uh, Mike, can I have some of your water? Welcome to marriage, everybody, where you borrow literally everything. Thank you. Awesome. No, you can't have it back. No, you just, thank you. Just leave it there. <laughs> Texas wife is also not here, so she'll get you for that later. All right. Let's take a look, though, at the Old Testament prophecy. We've got to step back into the Old Testament, and then we're going to move to the New Testament. So in the Old Testament, there was much prophecy about Jesus coming. Actually, multiple scholars have found over 450 prophecies about Jesus coming, which I think is pretty insane. There were major and minor prophets within the Old Testament. Two of the major prophets that you might have heard of, Moses and Elijah, who were the true prophetic heroes in the Old Testament. If you want to read some good Old Testament stuff, I encourage you to read some of the books that they're in. Um, but the role of the prophet in the Old Testament was to be the mouthpiece of God. Now, remember, the Holy Spirit had not been poured out on all people yet, okay, yet. So God used people. He chose some specific people, prophets, who he would speak through to the people. And they would tell of what God was about to do or what he was doing. Sometimes they would, they would speak convictions about what God was doing in the midst of the churches, uh, in the midst of... Um, the, whether they, uh, well, most of well, they would have been all Jews at that time, uh, and what the Jewish Israelite community were doing and things like that. And so they were the mouthpiece of God, which was so important in the Old Testament. 
Now, if we move to the New Testament, prophecy is still just as important, but it looks different. So within the New Testament, we still see prophets, but we see less of them, or we hear about less of them. And the big difference between the Old Testament prophecy and the New Testament prophecy is that uh, within the New Testament prophecy, they are actually pointing to what Jesus has already done. So Jesus has died, he's risen again, and, and he's gone up to heaven, he's left the Holy Spirit with us. And so the prophets that come prophesy to the disciples and to the other Christians were prophesying about what Jesus had already done and were prophesying people to do the work of Jesus, okay? Because prophecy will always lead you back to Jesus. It will always encourage you in your walk with Jesus. It will always make you look more like Jesus, when in the, in the New Testament, Jesus actually is in the transfiguration and he meets with Elijah and Moses. And in that moment, Elijah and Moses are not there to prophesy of Jesus coming. They're there to worship Jesus, all right? Because Jesus is the ultimate prophet. One of the things that we need to remember about prophecy, probably the most important thing, I guess, in this room right now that we need to remember, apart from the fact that it brings us back to Jesus, is that prophecy is for building up the church, and we actually need it as a church. If you have a church without prophecy, there's actually something missing, which is a bit scary. And I know there are some uh, churches out there would, would highly disagree with me. And that, I, don't, I don't care. I think that, I don't. I think it's so important. I think prophecy is needed within the local church to build up its people. Let me give you an example. Acts 11 verse 27. It's not gonna be on the screen. Just follow with me for a second. During this time, some people came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the scripture predicted that a severe famine would spread all over the entire Roman world. The disciples, as each of them were able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. They did this, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. So I said before that prophecy is encouraging. But this is a prophecy about something bad that's going to happen, right? Agabus, he speaks about something bad that's going to happen. A, a drought is not something that's going to be good. A famine is not something that's going to be enjoyable. The kid agrees with me. <laughs> but as you look at what Agabus says, what it doesn't do is it doesn't divide and stress out the church. What it actually does is it, uh, it moves the disciples into action. It actually moves them into a place where they start providing for their brothers and sisters, where they start to, to give things that their brothers and sisters might need during this time. Perhaps without it, they would have got complacent. Without it, maybe they would have spent all their money and all, got rid of all of their things and not being able to provide for those in need when the famine was happening. So it encouraged the church to action. So even when something isn't great, even when you don't particularly like something, doesn't mean it's not a prophecy. You know, I think sometimes when we hear something that we don't particularly like, we instantly write it off and we go, that's not from God. God only gives me these kind of great words about everything that I'm doing. Well, let me tell you that absolutely, sometimes God will give you a prophecy that will bring you to your knees. And that is actually a beautiful thing. When I was praying about this, um, this message, that is the word that I got for this church. That God is gonna wanna bring us to our knees. He's gonna want us to repent 
of the things that we are doing that are not of Him. And He wants us to come to Him understanding that that's actually not a bad thing. That it's not a bad thing to be convicted, friends. It's actually a blessing to be made to look more like Jesus. So if someone gives you a word and it's not necessarily something that you particularly wanna hear, but it brings you close to Jesus, let's celebrate. I want a church who's ready when Jesus comes back. I want a bride of the bride of Christ to be as holy and, and fulfilled in Jesus Christ as we can be. And that comes when we hear the words of revelation, when we hear the words that convict us. That is when we start to see change in our lives. Otherwise, we become passive Christians who rock up on a Sunday, sing a few songs, go home and do not see the world transformed. And I don't want that. And I don't think you want that either. I think most people, if you've been here for a little while, you know that we're about that. And you don't want it either. And I love that about this church. And now I have no idea where I'm up to. <laughs> so how do, I, how do I prophesy over people? All right? How do I do this? Let's get practical for a second. Well, let me first, and I don't mean this to be a discouragement, but not everybody in this room is a prophet. Not everybody in this room is a prophet. But we are all called to prophesy. What do I mean by that? Well, in the New Testament, words like apostle, pastor, and prophet are usually descriptions of ministry, not necessarily titles, or not often titles. But 1 Corinthians 14 verse 31 is very clear when it says, every believer may prophesy as opportunity arises. It says here, I will even pour out my spirit on my servants in those days, both men and women, and they will prophesy. So you might not necessarily, your whole life might not be about prophesying every opportunity you possibly get. That's okay, but doesn't mean you're not called to prophesy. Let's use evangelists as an example, because you might be all a bit more familiar with that, right? If you have the gift of evangelism, I know because I have this gift and also I have a bunch of friends who have it, that whenever they go anywhere, it's like somebody will sit next to them and just, Steph will attest to this, someone will just, sit, or Taryn will as well, sit next to them and they'll, and they'll start just talking to them about Jesus. And you're like, all right, guess we're having this conversation. That's what happens to people with the gift of evangelism. They always, they are seeing the world through, how can I evangelize to someone? How can I tell people about Jesus, right? But if you're not an evangelist in the room, you know that you're still called to evangelize right, that you're still called to share your faith. Same goes with the prophet and prophesying, exactly the same. We need evangelists and we need prophets, but we need people who are going to evangelize and people who are going to prophesy if we're really gonna be the body of Christ that we're called to be. Romans 12, six says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy according with your faith. But to prophesy, we must be filled with the Spirit because if we're not filled with the Spirit, it's just our wonderful and great ideas. And that's lovely and I'm sure it's encouraging and I'm sure you're really good at sharing something really nice, but if it's not from God, then it's not as helpful. It's not prophecy. So let's, let's encourage you, I wanna encourage you to simply say the words, Holy Spirit, come. Because if you're a believer, the Holy Spirit lives in you and can work through you. We actually make it more confusing than we need to. And there are actually really simply two rules. Listen to God and do what He tells you. It's actually not that hard, is it? When we put it that simply, it's not that hard. And you know, the church actually needs you to use your gift. It needs you to encourage others with the gift of prophecy. 
In those last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. It doesn't say I will pour out my spirit upon Mike and Jen. It says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. So you are called to cross the room and to share a prophecy. You are encouraged to lift up somebody else as you pray for them and as you speak life over their lives. You are called to that. We as a church have to rise up to that. We have to live that out. That's what we're called to do. The scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of those that bring the good news. How beautiful are your feet as you bring the good news. To share a prophecy, I'm gonna have to tell you something scary. You're gonna have to step out of your comfort zone. It's not gonna be just like, yeah, I've got this, I've got all the energy in the world, I'm gonna do this. You're actually gonna have to step out of the comfort zone. There might be a few extroverts in the room that are like, yeah, I'll do that. Um, But for most of us, we're gonna have to step out of our comfort zone, okay? But if we're gonna use our spiritual gifts, we have to put ourselves in a position where the gift can occur. So if we look at, at, at Peter, right? Peter stepped out of the boat onto the water and he walked towards Jesus when Jesus said, come, right? Jesus, if Paul, Peter, sorry, had never got out of the boat, he never would have been a, been a part of that miracle. If you never share that prophecy, then you're actually missing out as well as the other person that you prophesy to. Peter's miracle happened not when Jesus said, step out of the boat, but when he stepped out of the boat. And do you know what? He walked a few steps, and what did he do? He looked down, and he started to sink. And what happened? Jesus reached out his hand, and he grabbed him and lifted him back up. I know that it's scary, but trust the Lord that calls you out, that he will meet you right where you're at. I go a couple of rules of thumb um, just to make it, I guess, kind of easy for, or easier for you. Um, one of my rules of thumb is if you get a word and it's encouraging, just share it. What's the worst thing that happens if it's not a prophecy? You encourage someone, all right? You encourage someone. So if it's an encouraging word that you feel like God might be saying, just give it a go. Yeah, you know, it's just an encu- it could be just an encouragement and that's still a beautiful thing. But if it's negative or it might change the whole course of their life, and you're not sure, maybe just run it past a pastor um, or an elder or or someone that you really trust. And be careful in that, not to gossip, you're not there to tell them, if you know it's from God, just go and share it. But if you're not sure, just trust that they will help you uh, discern. And if you're really not sure, maybe just sit on it. There's been some times where I felt like the Lord has definitely spoken to me and I've gone, yes, and then I've just thought, I, a little voice in my head says, maybe just sleep on that. And I wake up and I've gone, nah, that was definitely of me. And that's okay. It's okay, because I am human. And I've just learned to discern that as I've grown. Think what I do when I'm standing at the front or when I'm at home or I feel like I really want to hear the voice of the Lord. I do two things. First thing I do is I open up my hands and I say, Holy Spirit, come. I say those exact words, Holy Spirit, come. And then the second thing that I do is I take a moment to say these words. You don't have to say it like this, so you can do what you want. But I say, I rebuke any thoughts that are my own or any thoughts that might be put into my mind to distract me. Okay, because I don't want to hear my own words. I want to hear what the Lord is saying to me. 
So that's just two things I do, and I do that before I start to pray for anybody on a Sunday. I do that before or while I'm praying for people as well. And I just, if something comes into my mind, I'm not sure, I might just say, I rebuke, I rebuke it. If it's not from you, Lord Jesus, let it just fade away. And a lot of the time, it does. And sometimes it just does not. And then I wait and I see if a word or an image falls into my mind. Now, what if you do that and nothing happens? What if you do that and you don't hear anything? That does happen sometimes. Let me just say something to you. You're not defected, you're not damaged, there's nothing wrong with you. Perhaps God hasn't spoken to you today, but he wants to tomorrow. So I encourage you not to stop, don't stop asking for God to speak, okay? And I also wanna encourage you, maybe he wants you to use a different spiritual gift in this moment. Or maybe he wants to use somebody else to prophesy over that person. And so don't necessarily doubt it, but continue to pray for it. And maybe you wanna ask um, a pastor or a leader to pray over you for the gift of prophecy. You can absolutely do that as well. We'll do that at the end of the service. But a couple of things um, I wanna say, if you do do that and God does speak to you, maybe he gives you an image or a word, don't over-interpret it. (laughs) Too many times, especially preachers, over-interpret it. So I, I, maybe I, let's say I get this image of this wave washing over Lisa. I didn't, I'm not prophesying, I just, just sang it. I get, my job is not to go over and go, Lisa, I get this word of God, of something's just washing over you. I feel like, you know, uh, that you need to not do this or that. I can't even think about it because I'm making stuff in my head. My job is not to over-interpret what I've heard, my job is to lay the prophecy at the receiver's feet and leave it there. So my job is to say to Lisa, Lisa, I just saw a wave wash over you. I don't know what that means, but I feel like God might be just saying that. And then I leave it there. I try not to over-interpret it. Can I just say, especially if you're a leader in the room, if you've got any, especially youth leaders in particular, if you've got any authority uh, in in your role over people, just be careful because people... um, just be careful not to overinterpret it based on what your knowledge of them might be. That's not what prophecy is about. And give the person the ability to discern themselves. So come at it humbly. I don't say, Lisa, the Lord told me, because that doesn't give Lisa any room to move. What I will say to you is, hey, Lisa, I feel like the Lord might just be saying, or I think I heard from the Lord. And I... I do that because what it does, it gives the ability for the receiver to actually interpret and discern uh, what the Lord might be saying. And when we're humble enough to put it like that, we're also humble enough to know that we might be wrong. I prophesied over over somebody last week and um, they came to me, they said, oh, I don't know if that actually is from God. Okay, that's okay. If it's not from God, one of the things I pray is, hey, if it's not from God, I pray that it'll wash away, that it won't convict them. Your job is not to justify the word that you're giving. Your job is to give the word and to allow God to convict and to show them truth. So one of the reasons we don't over-explain it, and I've said this a couple of times, and I hope this is zeeking in, is that prophecy is not about you. It's not about you. When you make it about you, you actually uh, are not glorifying God with what you're saying. The whole idea of prophecy, right, is that we're glorifying God, not ourselves. So just be careful of that. Just remember to say the words, I think God might be saying, or I feel like I heard this from God. All right, and then just say to them, but I leave it to you to discern. Now let's say you receive a prophecy and you're not sure it's from God. I have had this happen. We test it. Firstly, does it align with Scripture? It will not contradict Scripture. 
Not is it in scripture, by the way, because if God tells you to go and buy a car, it's not gonna be in scripture because there was no cars back then. <laughs> but what there is, 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 is scripture that talks about how we use the gifts that God has given us, how we're wise with our money, how we give our first fruits to God. All of those things should come into your discernment as you discern this car that you're gonna buy or whatever. All right? So it's not necessarily in Scripture, but it doesn't contradict Scripture. So if the other thing that you've got to be a little bit careful about when someone's giving you a, a Scripture, and if you're not 100% sure of it, ask the question, does this person live a life that's glorifying God? Now, I'm not to say that God can't use somebody who's not. He, he does. In the Scriptures, uh, we look at the, the um, prophet Balaam, I've probably said that wrong, but he was a wicked prophet in the Bible, but the thing to note, he was a wicked prophet, but not a false prophet, okay? He wasn't a false prophet, he was just a wicked prophet. So the Israelites, by, uh, by what happened was he essentially prophesied over them multiple times, things that were true, he, did, he couldn't not prophesy over them, and then because he was wicked, he led them astray. So now I'm not saying if someone speaks something to you and they're not, you know, 100% following what the Lord wants of them. It's not that it's not a prophecy. I would just say, hold it carefully and just be wise. Maybe ask some wise leaders around you. And lastly, if you feel uneasy about it, take it to someone you trust. Okay, there are plenty of people in this room. I hope that you trust. Take it to them and ask them to help you discern it. Do not take it to your best friend, especially if you don't like the prophecy. Because what do best friends do? Most of them, unless they're Katie Isles. Tell you... <laughs> They tell you what you want to hear, all right? They do because that's what friends do. They love you and they just want to encourage you and they don't really want to tell you anything bad. So if something is not sitting with you, take it to someone you trust, possibly not your best friend. I'm so sorry, Katie. Um, and do not let it stop you that you might not get it 100%. Don't let that stop you prophesying, okay? Because you might not 100% get it. That's okay. That's why we have our own gifts of discernment. It's why we sometimes go, okay, if it's not of me, Lord, just let it fall away, and it, sometimes it does. And the last thing I want to mention, and band, you can come on up. We, we're going to talk about, we talk about uh, prophets in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. But the ultimate prophet that we have is Jesus Christ. When Jesus came and died on the cross for us. He, he gave us the ability to be in relationship with Him. He gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit, and that is why He is the ultimate prophet. Without Jesus, we have no hope. Without Him, we have no access to God. Without Him, we wouldn't have the eternity with God that we now have when we're in relationship with him. So Jesus didn't die on the cross so that you can live a comfortable middle-class life. He died on the cross so that you would be full of the Holy Spirit, so that you would prophesy, so you would edify God, so that you would bring him glory. So the question I wanna ask you tonight is will you bring him glory with your gifts of the Spirit? As we finish up this series, that is what we want for you as a church. That's what we want for you as individuals. 
that you would lean into, into the things of the Spirit, that you would allow the Holy Spirit to be at work in you because church, we need you to prophesy. We need you to hear the word of the Lord and to encourage others. We need you to point people back to Jesus. And so I encourage you, I really, really encourage you. Let's do that, church. When Joel prophesied, he said, then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Prophecy brings people closer to Jesus. He is our one true prophet. Jesus loves you. He loves you too much to leave you the same. He wants your life to be transformed. Do not shut out the voice of God out of fear, but listen and allow Jesus to change you. Allow it to change you and to change others within our community. Jesus died so you can have the Holy Spirit and move in it. So we're gonna come to a time of worship, but the band's gonna just play for a minute or two. And I'm gonna lead us in a time of prayer. And maybe for some of you, He will give you a word or an image or a picture for somebody in the room. And if He does that, I wanna encourage you to get out of your seat and go and just share it with the person. Okay, remember the things I said, I think God might be saying, or I feel God said. Don't over explain it just leave it with them. But first, before we do that, we're gonna invite the Holy Spirit to speak.